This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is preaching today, and we hope you enjoy. Let us go to the Word of God, Matthew chapter 14, verse 32. We're in a series entitled Seekers. This is my assignment this morning that the Lord has given me to share with you from my heart to yours. Matthew chapter 14, verse 32. Why are you going there? Can we give God a God bless you for our worship team? For the ministry of Billy Mitchell, Chelsea, Shariva, all the leaders. Thank you for ushering in the presence of God this morning. Matthew chapter 14, verse 32. And it reads, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. You can just meet the stage. Thank you. And when they climbed into the boat, they, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, being Jesus, saying, truly, you are the son of God. It's my assignment to preach and teach from a subject titled, Worship in the Rain. Worship in the Rain. Come on and give God a praise all over this place. Our kids are being dismissed to their classes. But as you take your seats, give God another hand clap of praise. Family. As we are in this series, Seekers, we've preferenced a, a theme, a line, a truth that will be a constant theme throughout each and every message. And the foundation truth, foundational truth of every message is this particular point. If you're taking notes, write this down. When we seek God, we see God move and speak in our lives. When we seek God, we see God move and speak in our lives. Say it one more time. When we seek God, we see God move and speak in our lives. And as I've discovered all throughout scriptures, as I've been studying this word seek, one constant theme that I continue to see throughout characters throughout the Bible is that when they seek God, put themselves in a posture of pursuit. They see God like never before move and speak in their lives. And the enemy, what he wants us to do, he wants us reacting to life instead of responding to God. It is said that, that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Worship then is our response, watch this, to God's revelation. Actually, it is only reasonable response to God's revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is when God reveals truth. 
It is when God reveals what was already there. The scripture is interesting because the disciples had never seen God like this before. They had been with him. They had walked with him. They had seen him do many things. But the scripture says that this is the very first time that they worshiped him. The very first time in all of their places and in all of their opportunities and experiences that they had, this is the very first time that they worshiped God. Because being around somebody doesn't necessarily mean you know who you're around. What a, a terrible thing to be around God and not know who he really is. What, what a terrible thing to be in his presence but not know what to do when you get there. To be in the midst of everything that you need but not know how to get what you need because you don't know how to respond to the one that's in the room. So when God wants to reveal himself, he, he sends and gives you revelation. Somebody say revelation. revelation. So then revelation or worship has the intention, and the truth is, you cannot worship God unless you have a revelation of who he is. Because you will not manage or value the worth of who he is without the revelation of who he is. Therefore, worship cannot be taught. Worship has to be caught. Ah. So when you worship, you're seeing a revelation of my understanding of who God is. And that's why some of you, some might be measuring your worship based off your reality because they know something about your reality and trying to figure out how can you have your hands lifted up during worship when all hell is breaking out in your life. And that's when you can say, because I'm not measuring my worship by my reality, I'm measuring my worship based off my revelation. Good God Almighty, I'm basing my revelation, my worship on my revelation, and my revelation has the ability and the power to change my reality. See, you got it twisted. I don't worship God because I've been good to him. I don't worship God because life has been good to me. I worship God because God is yet good to me despite all the hell that has been breaking out in my life. And I wonder, do I got any witnesses in there that can testify that God is yet good, that even though stuff may not be what you want it to be, and even though things have not always gone the way it is, God has remained consistent. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are inconsistent. People let you down. People will fail you. People will disappoint you. But God is the only sure foundation. And he will never let you down. And I'm just looking for anybody here that's grateful that you serve a consistent God. Good God Almighty. Whew. So when it comes to worship, it's initiated by God. When God wants to be worshipped, he prompts it by giving you a revelation of who he is. Because there are some times we cannot provoke worship on our own. Neither can we prompt worship in our experiences sometimes. But when God wants to be really worshipped, then he will instigate the worship by giving us a revelation of who he is. Now... It would be great 
if we all had our in, in, initiation of worship, but the truth is, unless we get, some, get in some scenarios, we'd never see God in a way like he revealed himself, and then we never have a certain response to him without that situation. It is not that necessarily that you wanted to be put in the predicament to get the revelation of who God is. But if I'm honest, the predicament I got put in showed me who God was and taught me how to worship. Now, now when, it's, when it's good, but even, not when it's good, but even in a difficult time. Because the truth of the matter is, you learn the principles of God in church, but you learn the practice of it outside of church. You learn the principles of God in the church, but you learn the practice of it in church. What are you saying, Pastor Corey? We sing in here and we teach in here that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. We learn that he will never leave you nor forsake you. But you learn that in church, but you experience it in life. And that's the problem with many of us. That's the challenge with any, many of us that we learn. We have to learn often to take the principles that we learn in here. And whenever life happens and whenever storms come and whenever the rain begins to pour, we got to learn how to put in practice everything that we've learned in here. Because you don't learn the practice of it in here. You learn it out there. And God, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. He can't produce some things in your life until you're put in the situation. You, you, you don't know if your love is real until God puts you in a relationship with somebody who's hard to love. <laughs> Jesus said, what profits it to love a man who loves you? I tell you now today, you truly love someone when they don't love you back. So what some of us have really been calling love is the absence of opportunity. Because I don't know you love me until you have a chance not to love me. Good God. Good God. <laughs> and some of us, we, God is trying to build us up. He's trying to not only build worship, he's trying to build character. He's trying to give us love. He's trying to make you more patient. And God will put you in a situation that makes you impatient. And if you're too corner-minded, you'll be complaining about the traffic instead of learning to learn the lesson that God is trying to teach you. He say, I'm trying to make you more patient because there are some things that I'm, that I'm going to do in your life that is going to take some time. And if God, and if the enemy can't slow you down, he'll speed you up. <laughs> he, he, he wants to give us a new response. And when he wants to give you a new response, he gives you a new revelation. Because your worship is a response to your revelation. Somebody say, my worship is a response to my revelation. And so what he does is he doesn't create every situation, but he allows every situation so that he can reveal, reveal a, a different revelation of who he is. And the problem is we have to stop looking at every situation like the enemy did it to us and start looking at the situation like God wants to do through us. 
is not working against me, it's working for me. It's not working for my bad, but it's working for my good. That if you just keep on watching me, you're going to see things turn around in my life. That you're going to see me on Sunday with my hands lifted up. And at some point in time, it may not be today, but if it doesn't have to happen today on tomorrow, I'll be one day closer to it happening in my life. But I'm not going to lose my posture of worship because I know that I serve a God who is all-powerful. I I, I serve a God who is omniscient, who is omnipotent. I know a God that is able to turn my situation around. And if he doesn't turn my situation around, then he'll turn me around in the situation. The Bible says in 14 verse 22 that immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. Verse 24 says, in the boat was already a considerable distance from the land and became buffeted by the waves because the wind was great and against it. Jesus goes up to the mountain to pray and to talk to God. And when he goes up to the mountain to pray, the disciples are in the ship. Now they got in the ship, here it is, through their obedience. Ah. And the scriptures say when they got in the ship through their obedience, the waves start to rage and the storms begin to break out in their life. Now here's the truth of the matter. I can handle a storm in life when I'm doing wrong. Y'all ain't talking to me. I thought I would have a real church. I can handle a storm in life when I know it's because of my own doing. But the disciples find themselves in a situation where they encounter a storm and it wasn't because of their disobedience. It was because of their obedience. Obedience is what got me in the storm. And some of you, you're going to go through things in life. It is not because, it's not because you did anything wrong. It's because you're doing everything right. That, that because you have a relationship with God, it doesn't make you absent from experiencing issues and problems. But sometimes you being in the midst of a problem is often confirmation that you're listening to the voice of God. Here it is. Oh God, I, I feel your Holy Ghost. Here it is. They are about in the middle of the ocean. They have rolled their way, worked their way to the middle of the sea. Oh, God, I'm, I wish I had somebody that would help me. They left the shore, put in the work, the sweat equity. And although they aren't to the finish line, they find themselves in the middle. And might I just use a holy hypothesis? Maybe somebody in the boat said, hey, the storm is breaking out. Maybe we should go back. But I can hear another person on the boat saying, no, we can't go back because we come too far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I put in too much work for this. I, I've cried too many tears for this. I've had too many people talk about me for this. That if anything, I'm going to keep going to 
you've come too far and you may not be where you want to be but praise God that you're not where you used to be I want somebody to praise God like you remember where you used to be your drinking self your cussing folk out self your going out and clubbing self y'all ain't gonna talk to me your smoking self I want somebody to open up their mouth Yeah, yeah, see, I'm looking for a real church because we get in church and we. Yeah, 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 you, you, you got it good. And you, you wear stuff and you, yeah, you good. No, 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 you ain't always look that good. You ain't always been that together. Stop the front. There was a time where you was getting ready to give up on God and life. Oh, God. You've gone too far. And here's a principle I want to teach you. That sometimes you got to learn how to worship God in the middle. Sometimes you got to learn how to praise God even though you're not there yet. Somebody say, okay, okay, you're just talking. Let me give you Bible for that. It happened in Genesis chapter 1. God began to create the heavens and earth. He said, let there be light. There was light. And let there be darkness. And there was darkness. And here it is. Here it is. After each day, he created something. God said, it's good. Second day, he begins to create land. He begins body of water. He ends the day and says, it's good. Third day, he begins to create animals. Put the animals on the land. Put the sea creatures in the sea creatures. And then says, it's good. He didn't wait until after everything was completed to say it was good. But while he was along the way, he said, it's good that I may not be at the end of the thing, but I can still celebrate it even in this process. And some of you, you're in process right now and you got to learn how to tell yourself it's good. That I may not be where I want to be, but it's good. Would you high five your neighbor and say, you good, you good, you good, you good, you good, you good, yeah. I know you may not have it all. I know you may not be where you want to be, but it's good. And sometimes... You got to learn how to celebrate yourself before anybody else celebrates you. Sometimes you got to take yourself out. You got to take yourself out to dinner. Oh, I'm talking to the singles up in here. Y'all in daytimes come. Don't you sit around sad like I ain't got no boo. You watching on social media. Everybody post their pictures and saying, wish I had a boo. No, you better take yourself to the movies. yourself your own gift <laughs> yeah. before you love me I'm gonna love me you ain't gotta compliment me I compliment myself. Oh, this is a principle. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
And this is a principle we got to learn how to operate in. Before we receive affirmation, affirmation ought to be a confirmation of what we're already telling ourselves. I'll say it one more time. Their affirmation ought to be a confirmation of what we're already telling ourselves. What are we telling ourselves? What God has already told us. That I'm the head and I'm not the tail. That I'm the lender and I'm not the borrower. I'm above and I'm not beneath. That I am the apple of his eye. I'm going to keep telling myself. And when you tell me and compliment me, you're not filling me up because I've already filled my own cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I said at Bible study, I said at Bible study that when I was a little child, I was, I was so confident with my little handsome self. You start to tell a cute they kid, you start to tell a kid they cute, they'll start to believe it. All I heard was you cute. And my mama, Valerie Hines. It's the only time I can call her by first name. <laughs> She's still gonna probably slap me after service. Only time, every time. She would jack me up after service. She would take me home. She wouldn't give me a beating, because that wasn't beating, but she would still give me a whooping. Yeah. See, we don't believe in that no more. Yeah, yeah. Y'all got time. Y'all get time out. We got knocked out. <laughs> okay, let me do it. Let me do a temperature check. Did I tell you? <laughs> Who got the synchronized words with the whooping? And I was just hoping that my mama didn't stutter and get double. <laughs> tell, okay, we got the same mama. I just wanted to do a temperature check. <laughs> she would whoop me because people would come to me and tell me, Corey, you're so cute. And guess what I will respond? I know. Come here, come here, come here. I'm not telling you to be arrogant. I'm telling you to be confident. Some of you, you need to possess the spirit of little Corey in you. That you're not so thirsty for people affirmation and thirsty for people applause. Because here it is, if you live by their applause, you'll die by their criticism. And you're putting too much weight and power in the words of other people's mouth. You need to take that power back and put it back in God's and repeat what he's already spoken over your life. Preach, Pastor Corey. I'm not going to be able to finish this. Am I helping somebody? <laughs> I'm not going to finish this. I'll finish this next week. But can I leave you out with this point? See, the thing we have to understand is that God, he did not cause the storm, but he put them in the ship. Don't blame God. He didn't cause the storm. He allowed the storm, but he put you in the ship. Why did he put you in the ship? He put you in a ship 
because he knew there would be a storm. <laughs> see, see, God has foresight, and it's the principle of perspective. In other words, what you see, where you sit determines what you see. And because God, he doesn't sit where we sit. He sees what we can't see. <laughs> because we're submitted to him and we call him Lord. Lord means literally the elevated one. He sits high and he looks low. So he don't see the same thing we see. And sometimes we can be in a situation and we're looking at the same thing and seeing two different, two different things that we're looking at. Because God has a different perspective. God, he doesn't just see to the corner, he sees around the corner. God doesn't just see to the hill, he sees over the hill. God doesn't just see our today, he sees our tomorrow. And sometimes we can be in situations and seasons in our life, not knowing that he has already prepared a ship for what we're getting ready to go through. Ah, oh, God. He's prepared a way of escape. He's already provided a way of us to get through what we're going through. And so instead of crying about it, sometimes we got to learn how to thank God that he's already equipped you with what you need for what you're getting ready to go through. Somebody say, I'm built for this. He puts them in a ship. And as long as they stay in the ship, they're good. <laughs> As long as they stay in the ship, they good. As long as they stay in the ship, it doesn't matter what comes against them. It doesn't matter the level of intensity of the storm. As long as they stay in the ship, they going to be all right. Somebody say stay in the ship. What do you mean? Stay in the relationship with God and stay in the relationship with his people. Because the first thing we do in life when we start going through is miss church. Good God. I knew it was going to get tight in here, but it's right. The first thing when we start having problems pop off, we don't miss work, but we'll miss church. And what you're saying and communicating to God is that your paycheck is more important than his presence. Good God Almighty. Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaken our own assembling together as it is the habit of some. Some get in storms, some get in situations, and they allow the storm to stop them from pursuing. As the habit of some. That's what some do. But encouraging one another. This messed me up. Because we've often quoted this and only use, it, use the A part, forsaking not the assembly, but I see the B part says uh, encouraging one another. The King James says exhorting one another. So it let me know that whenever we are in the ship, you gain a, a value by coming to church, not just, from, not just by what I say to you, but by, but by what you say to each other. And that's why some will never experience the fullness of God because their only relationship with God is through a phone. So you stay at home and you watch the service through live and you watch the sermons on YouTube. But one thing that you cannot replace is the assembly. Ah, yeah, God. <laughs> 
That's why some of you, when you start going through a storm, that's the best time to not miss church because you don't need not only what the pastor has to say, you need what somebody else has to say. That when we come to church, really, you ought to be ready to encourage somebody else. Child, let me tell you what God did for me this week. God, let me tell child, let me tell you what God has done for me today. Let me tell you how the Lord has made a way for me. There is something that you gain when you come and assemble yourself. And it's not just what I say to you, it's what you say to each other. I think I got a biblical undergirding now for when I tell you to talk to your neighbor, I'm really telling you to exercise Hebrew 10.25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you own head and do me a favor? Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, be encouraged? Oh, yeah. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, be encouraged. It's not going to always be like this. It's all right. You're going to make it. Matter of fact, could you do me a favor? Could you stand up and hug the person that you're sitting next to? Yeah. Hug them. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Hug them. Yeah. See y'all. Hug them. Yeah. Now, how y'all feel after that? Y'all feel, y'all feel good? Yeah. It's something about that you get for the assembling. When I say we're a house of love, and I make sure even with our leaders that we're intentional about touching people. Listen, you can go up the street and hear one of the greatest preachers in Dallas, Bishop T.D. Jakes, one of my favorites. There, there, there is a myriad of preachers who teach the word of God excellence. Yes. Dr. Tony Evans yes. and Pastor Corey. I'm sorry, I was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I was trying so hard not to put myself in there, but that little Corey came out like, I know, I know. <laughs> trying to stay at the feet of keep me humble huh. I tried I'm doing the best I can he can give you something I can't give but I'm not in competition with him because I'm in my assignment. And my assignment is to love people. So I can't do what he do, but he can't do what I do. Uh-huh. So I, I, I don't have to be insecure, intimidated by greatness now, because I got clarity of who I am. I don't even know why the Holy Ghost is taking me to, this way, because the greatest, the greatest gift after conversion is clarity. When God reveals who you are and what you ought to do. So we love, we touch. And I'm big on the assembly because there are going to be people here who've gone through stuff all week, who've encountered stuff in life. They encounter drama on a job, they encounter drama in the home. And I believe church ought to be the one space that's drama free. I've been in churches where it was fighting, politics, bickering, talking about each other behind the back, but this is not that church. 
We love you. And it's not based off your behavior. It's an agape love. We love you when you're right, and we love you when you're wrong. <laughs> we love. But some of us, we got to learn how to stay in the ship. Don't allow the storm to cause you to leave your ship your fellowship with God, but also to your fellowship with other people. Well, Pastor, I just like to be by myself. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I'm an introvert. I just don't. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> I just don't do people. <laughs> and it sounds good, but it's not God. Help us, God. God, even in himself, he's in relationship with three. God in his, in his in nature and God in his being is not just one God. He's three gods in one person. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Ghost, not lesser, but they're equal. And if God is in relationship in himself, who are we to be outside of relationship and think we can be sustained in life? <laughs> Somebody shout, stay in the ship. I'm done. Stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. Come on. Stay in the ship. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Y'all know I'll start dancing. Y'all better stop. <laughs> Gotta stay in the ship. That's why I just don't want to be bothering nobody. I don't want to feel like I'm a weight on somebody. No, uh that's pride. Swallow your pride and tell somebody you need help. <laughs> Don't forsake the assembly because there's power in it. You don't just get power from what I say to you. You get power from what you say to each other. That's, that's biblical. That's, that's text. Lastly, and I'm done. We can't allow our problems to stop our pursuit. <laughs> I told y'all last week how CJ, we were playing hide and seek, right? And how, since I'm fasting from the PS4, I had to get creative with my games. Yeah. No Call of Duty, no 2K. Y'all, it's almost, somebody said we got one more week. And after that week, y'all, I'm going. <laughs> my headset ready. <laughs> Turn that PlayStation on. We going for, we going for it. So I've been playing hide and seek, and I told y'all last week how I was hiding from CJ. And um, we were playing the game, and, and he began looking for me. He couldn't find me. He started to get a little worried, so he started saying, Daddy, Daddy. And as I started saying, CJ, CJ, he started to find me because he was following the Father's voice. <laughs> the minute he started to hear my voice, he started to come to the Father. And then here's the thing. He found me. I said, let's run it back, CJ. Y'all hid myself. And I noticed something CJ did. 
I hid. And he began to try to find me and look for me. But he tried to look, look for me where I was and didn't know I had changed my position. And that's the mistake we often make. We try to find God based off the last place that we saw him in. <laughs> you try to look for God in the last season that you found him in, but God, he moves his, he moves his position because he don't want your relationship with him to become too familiar. And if you start to make, if he makes his relationship too familiar, you'll start to be more confident in the system and not the source. You'll start to say, yeah, you need to do this. This is how you find God. And everybody pattern to God is different, but it's still through Jesus Christ. But it's through seeking. Y'all? So I said, oh, this hide and seek thing is, is pretty cool. I need another point for my, 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 my message this Sunday. So y'all, we played it again. And y'all, this time we played, and y'all, I'm hiding. Two minutes go by. Five minutes go by. Ten minutes go by. I'm like, what? <laughs> y'all, I go look. See, they playing with his cards. Mm. 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 I'm like, this, this little Negro. He got distracted in his pursuit. And sometimes what the enemy distracts us with is not just adversity, but attraction. Come here. He attracts you with what you like. See, see, some of y'all can't handle this. See, some of us, we get the blessing and forget the blesser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the provision and forget the provider. That's why some of us, Listen, I'm done, and we're standing all over the house. I was teaching this on Wednesday. Hannah, the text says, the Bible says, I was teaching this in Bible study, that the Lord shut up her womb. The Lord shut up Hannah's womb. She was barren, and she could not have kids. And the Bible said that she could not conceive a child until she declared the Lord, if you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. Could it be? This is strong. The reason why God haven't given us some things that we've been asking for, because he'll know you eventually choose it over him. Yeah. You get in a relationship and you talk to your boyfriend more than you talk to him. Yeah, I know I'm stepping on toes. It's all right. You're going to be okay. It's okay. Keep right here. We're going to make it through this. You invest more time, more energy into that thing, into that, that thing than more than your relationship with him. And God's like, I can't get it. Because if I get it, it's gonna, you think it's going to be a blessing, but it's a distraction. I'll give it to you. And you got to learn how to seek God in not just the good times, but the bad times. Sometimes you got to learn how to worship in the rain. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to leave y'all with this. 
Y'all, your pastor and your first lady, we got into a fight this week. <laughs> I'm telling on myself, I'm doing something you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to be real. Yeah. Because pastors, they're supposed to act like they got it all together. Nah, no, child. All my married people say it's work, it's work, it's work. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to tell her why she out. I'm going to tell my side of the story. Keep her out. <laughs> we, we got into it. We was beefing, beefing. I don't like you. I don't like you either. I just said, well, don't kill you, make it stronger. Y'all, we beefing. And y'all, I'm like, why she tripping like that? And y'all, I said, this ain't nothing but the, the enemy. This ain't nothing but a distraction to get me in my feelings. And he's trying to use this problem to stop my pursuit. And what many of us would do, that's what I wanted to do. To call somebody and be like, bruh, Renee tripping, dog. <laughs> dog, like for real, man. She like on another one. Like, bruh, I didn't even do nothing, man. Like, man, I just need you, man. Let's do something. Let's go out. Like, let's go get some. Nah, I didn't pick up the phone. We learn the principles in here, but we learn the practice out there. Worship isn't an activity, it's a lifestyle. Worship is not what I do, it's who I am. Y'all, with my mad fighting self, I went to my secret place. I cut on my shower. I turned on some worship music. And I just began to talk to God. And I began to worship God. Because if I'm going to worship you when it's sunny, I got to learn how to worship in the rain. And before I say anything to, else, to anything to anybody else, Lord, you give me the words to say to my own wife. God, I'm trying to help somebody up in here. Worship is not what you do. It's who you are. It's not a slow song. It's who you are. It's a lifestyle. And some of us, God is trying to challenge us and mature us to worship in the rain. I'm going to tell you, what the enemy has been after in this season for some of you is not your stuff. It's, it's your praise. It's your worship. Because I said, God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits, that means he comes down and inhabits the praises of his people. With other religions, you got to go looking for God. But in Christianity, God comes looking for us. And if the enemy can't take you out, he'll try to stop you from connecting with God. But in this season of seeking, you're going to have to learn how to worship in the rain. With bow heads and close eyes. Maybe you're in the season of life. You're saying, Pastor, it's raining. Raining being a 
a symbol for I, I don't see any good coming out of my day. I don't see anything good coming out of my singleness, out of my marriage, or just out of where I'm at right now. I thought I would be further along. If it's raining, and I'm talking to you, and the word of the Lord has been speaking to you this morning, why don't you just lift your hands? That's you. Come on, lift those hands high. Yeah. Lift those hands high, yeah. Father, I challenge each and every believer this morning that they will learn how to worship you even when all hell is breaking loose in their life. Father, I pray not for the problem to go away, but I pray for the pursuit to be intensified, the seeking to be intensified. Father, I pray, God, that they will go after you with all of their heart, all after the, all, with all their mind. And when they seek you, they will see you move and hear and speak in their lives. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this situation will not take them out. This situation will not be the end of them, but this situation is going to cause them to walk into greater intimacy with you, Father. Father, we say yes to your word. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your way. And we say, Lord, let worship be our portion. Let worship be not just what we do, but let worship be who we are. That if nobody else is standing, Father, we'll stand for you. Father, if nobody else will lift their hands, Father, we'll lift our hands. If nobody will shout with a voice of triumph, Father, we will shout with a voice of triumph. And Father, I thank you that you have promised that you will give us your presence when we seek you and it's in Jesus name amen and amen come on put those blessed hands together thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels podcast if you would like to partner with us and give on today you can give via cash app dollar sign Heavenly Gospel thank you for listening have a great day